Welcome to another episode of the Writing Expensive Words podcast, also hosted on Literary Symmetry's IGTV channel live when recorded. On this show, we take a relational approach to turning readers into fans by using expensive words based on our emotions to write compelling stories. This way, instead of finding customers who read, we find friends and fans who will go on any storytelling path with us as we walk down the winding roads that make up our author journeys. Get ready to learn more about writing the story of your heart right now on Writing Expensive Words. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Writing Expensive Words podcast. Today we're going to talk about something. Uh, We're going to talk about the idea of self-censorship within writing, and I'm going to read you part of an article that talks about that, and then I'm going to give you my response to the person who posted this article on Reddit, whose post has now been removed from the writing subreddit, which is a bummer because it was a really great discussion, and we're going to talk about why I think it got removed, we're going to talk about what my response was, and we're going to talk about how this affects you as a writer And I'm going to stop talking so fast now. I'm excited. And I think this episode is going to be really beneficial. So let's go ahead and get started. So this morning, as I was cruising around Reddit, as I am prone to do early in the morning, usually between 5 and uh, 6.30 a.m. Oh, I need to turn on my therapy light. Oh, that's so much better. feel a little bit happier. That's why it's called a happy light. Um, So... As I was going around on Reddit, uh, which is, I'm learning how to use Reddit because I'm 37 and I've never used it before, but I've been getting tired of Facebook uh, communities where I just have like zero control over what I'm able to post. And I thought, you know, I'll go on Reddit where I can help people in discussions and say that I'm an editor and not get kicked out of the group because the group is hosted by someone who says they're an editor who has zero training when it comes to editing, because that happened to me. Uh, So I'm like, all right, I'm on Reddit, and I see that someone has posted about a BBC article that came out yesterday, and as of now, it's been 18 hours since it came out, and the name of the BBC article is Sir Kazuo Ishiguro Warns of of Young Authors Self-Censoring Out of Fear. And fear has, like, the single scare quotes around it, which... I don't understand why the person who wrote this article did that. Uh, Maybe they want to seem like they're being controversial by qualifying what he said with scare quotes. I don't think that's a wise decision, especially when you're talking about someone who has a Nobel Prize in literature, which um, Ishiguro won in 2017. (laughs) And... Uh, I'm just going to read you some of the things that he said in the article. I'm actually going to read the article to you. You can feel free to look it up on BBC News. The title, once again, is Sir Kazuo Ishiguro Warns of Young Authors Self-Censoring Out of Fear. And fear is in the single scare quote thing, which I, all kinds of wrong, I feel like. Um, So, uh... (laughs) This is the this is the main quote for the article. It says young authors may be self-censoring because they worry they will be trolled or canceled, according to celebrated writer Sir Kazuo Ishiguro. And um 
So it says that he warned that a climate of fear was preventing some people from writing what they want. He told the BBC, I very much fear for the younger generation of writers. Uh, he said that he's worried that writers who are not well-known or as established as he is are self-censoring because they, um, they're avoiding certain viewpoints outside of their immediate experiences. And he says, I think that is a dangerous state of affairs. Uh, and then if we go down, he talks about how he's he feels privileged and he's protected because he's a super famous writer now. And, um, you know, the article talks about how he's written all these really compelling novels. Uh, and this is the part I really want to get to. It's the part under the um, heading, A More Open Discussion. And this is what he says. I think there are very valid parts of this argument about appropriation of voice. We do have obligation to teach ourselves and do the research to treat people with respect if we're going to have them feature in our work. But, um, he said there must be decency towards people outside of one's own immediate experience. He said, I, if I shrink back from something because I would doubt my ability to learn enough about it to write fairly about it, but, you know, I tend to be quite arrogant about my ability to learn about things if I put my mind to it. So he's called for a more open discussion about cancel culture and freedom of speech. So that was the person on Reddit posted this article and they're like, what do we think about this? Like, is this something important to talk about? And um, in this article, it mentions that, you know, there's been uh, some there's been. High-profile targets, including J.K. Rowling, Julie Burchell, and Jeannie Cummins. And uh, when I was on the Happy Writer podcast, I feel like it's almost been a year, a year ago, um, we talked about American Dirt on that show. We didn't say, hey, look, this is cultural appropriation. Like, don't read it. But we just said, you know, we're both taking it off of our reading list for now because we're not sure how to respond to this. And, you know... Jeannie Cummins has come out and said, listen, uh, whether or not you agree, I'm also part Puerto Rican. My grandmother was Puerto Rican. And she's like, I feel like I spent four years researching. I have the family history. I can write about it if I want. While um, other Latinx writers are still really mad at her. And they're saying, you know, that she um, was not the right person to write that story. So, you know, I, I was reflecting on this and I was thinking, what can I tell writers to help them understand what Kazuo Ishiguro is talking about and how they can move forward? And so, of course, I'm a writer. I wrote a piece that I prepared to post on Reddit. And uh, this is what I wrote, which you could find if the post didn't get deleted from the subreddit. I think we need to pay attention when someone who understands writing as much as Sir Kazuo Ishiguro tells us that something in our industry is wrong. If people are afraid to write, that's a problem and it needs to be addressed. I'm always talking about using expensive words, with you, right, uh, based on personal experiences. That's how I write, and I believe that's why re that, that is what readers connect with. However, if we make it so that writers don't feel they can use expensive words based on personal experience, we are hindering our, our art. I personally understand that I experience white privilege. 
Do I use sensitivity readers? Yes. But do I also have entire books I haven't published because I want to be sensitive, but I can't find the right person to help me? Yes. P.S. If you speak English and French and study the language evolution between shared cultures over time, message me, please. As an editor, I have noticed that this concern is more and more prevalent among my clients. Writers are afraid. Fear, right? (laughs) How can we encourage each other to do better without stripping each other of expensive words that are created out of our personal experiences? I hypothesize that an additional way we can approach increasing diversity in writing instead of simply adding diversity by way of extensive research into all of our own books is to encourage writers from those groups that are underrepresented by providing them with easier access to learning the skills associated with writing and then buying their books. This way, there will be better representation and writers in privileged groups won't feel so compelled to write from perspectives they don't or can't understand. I think that writing from perspectives we can't understand, no matter how much research we do, is what can get us into trouble with readers. As a writer, the fact that readers care is a wonderful problem to have. Now we need to learn how to adjust so that we can address these reader concerns without making writers everywhere feel frozen. So that's my personal approach. That's been my approach for, um, you know, the last year where I'm, I'm actively looking to mentor people inside of these underrepresented groups so that they have um, basically free access to uh, learning how to write better, faster, right? <laughs> um, so that they can put out their own stories because I know I can only represent their points of view to a certain point and I want to see their expensive words out there. And uh, the problem is I have had a difficult time finding people in these under underrepresented groups who want to be mentored by me as a uh, white cisgender female. So um, I'm doing everything I can. If you know of any other way that I can help this to happen, I would love to hear it. Uh, if you're a POC or you're part of any of the underrepresented groups, please contact me. I would love to mentor you. Um, all the mentor stuff is free. I give you some of my best tools to write because I want to help you. I I do free editing up until a certain point as well for all of my mentees. Like I'm, I'm doing my best to be representative in my own work, but I understand that my personal experiences are limited. And if you feel like, oh, I'm a writer who has limit, who has personal experiences that are very different than what you have. Yeah, like get in touch with me, email me at kns at literarysymmetry.com and just put um, mentee in the subject. And I would love to mentor you and give you the tools you need for free because that's how I'm investing, right? Like I don't want to come in and try to be like a, a white savior because that's awful. That's not who I am. Um, but I want to help. the be- And the best way that I know to help is to help writers write better because that's what I do as my job anyway. Okay, and then I got a follow-up question. I got quite a few follow-up questions to my response. Um, some of them I completely disagreed with where one was like, if you tell people that they should write books from um, underrepresented groups, you're that's pointless. And I was like, what? What do you mean? And he's like, oh, well, you're... You're profiling people and buying their books based on that instead of their writing. 
uh, no, there are just way more white writers. And so if I'm going out of my way to look for writers with different experiences because I'm trying to grow my empathy and my experience as a human being, that's not a waste at all. Um, but this question I thought was interesting. Uh, what is the consequence if we don't address this problem? Um, which I answered. It is my strong belief that the world is actively changed for the better through storytelling. And if we don't address this problem, I'm afraid that we may all miss out on stories that the world really needs. I see fewer st stories written as a great collective loss. We must continue the dialogue that storytelling compels different societies to engage in. And with fewer stories, we lose some of those possibilities. So you know me if you're listening to this. I personally am all about storytelling because I believe in the exponential potential that rhymed accidentally for stories to change the world. Because when we read a story, our brain interprets it as if we were experiencing those physical and emotional activities ourselves. So we can uh, experience different perspectives in a very real way. And that allows us to become more empathetic. So that's my goal as a person, but I really believe that storytelling aids in that, not just for me, but for other people. And that's why I believe that storytelling is such a powerful tool. And that's why I wanted to talk about this today. How do we find the balance between being afraid to write what we want to write and making sure that we get it right and also supporting other writers who have a different experience than we do, who have um, different a different perspective than we do? So that we're getting more voices out and we're not just saying, okay, all writing forever now has to be super representative. You know, you can't accurately represent every person in every group in every book. That's impossible. And I don't think that that's what the readership wants. I think that readers want things to be right. And so if you can't research it enough, don't write it. Right? Like, in um, the old school series, I wrote about a character who has type 1 diabetes because I was talking with my friend Ashley. And we, I mean, we've been talking about this for months and she's like, there's just so much misunderstanding. There's not enough representation, uh, which there is representation in the Babysitter's Club, the new show on Netflix, which is really great if you uh, want to watch that. I enjoyed watching it. I told Ashley about it and I was like, yay. <laughs> <clears throat> but even then, I'm not going to write from the perspective of a character who is going through uh, the daily difficulties that have to do with type 1 diabetes unless I spend like, you know, a month shadowing Ashley, which I'm sure would creep her out as much as she loves me. Um, so what I did in that series is I wrote about, uh, I wrote from a character's POV where he's experiencing what it feels like to see someone he cares about go through a type 1 diabetes diagnosis and then um, all the things that go with that. I can do that, right? Because I have watched my friend go through all these different things and I have feelings about her struggles, but I'm not writing them as if they're my own struggles. So that's a safe medium ground to where you have representation, but you also have the understanding that I can't write this from that first person experience. So I'm going to write it in a way that I can understand that's going to come through as authentic. 
and hit that representation and do all of those things that I want to do inside of a story so that I'm not, you know, writing a utopic world where no no um, health issues exist or that sort of thing. That's just something that I want you to think about. It's not that you need to be afraid. It's that you need to be aware and you need to understand what your limitations are as a writer. And you need to understand that if you have a book that's not authentic, that readers are going to call you on it. And sometimes you're going to have a book that's authentic and people are still going to call you on it. And it's just part of writing because you're not writing in a vacuum. You're writing in a world where things are constantly changing and ideas of what uh, is right and what is wrong as far as the writing world are always changing and evolving. So you have to be aware of that, but you also have to do your best to get it right. And then, you know, once you have like, there's been so much shade on Jeannie Cummins, right? But she's like, I did my best. And she's, she seems fine with everything. Like, I'm sure it's stressful for her, but, you know, She's dealing with it the way that anyone would deal with those things if they had tried their best and talked through everything with their publishers. And I'm not saying that what she did was right or wrong. I haven't read her book, but I'm telling you based on her response that um, she seems to be comfortable with what she's done. And at the end of the day, you're the one who has to live with it, right? Like your readers might read it and get upset and move on. But you're the one that has to deal with the fact that your name is attached to that story. So that is why just do your best. Have a developmental editor. Definitely have a sensitivity reader for the specific thing you're worried about. Um, and I personally am going to try out uh, Salt and Sage sensitivity readers. I'm really excited to document that whole experience for you for the first book of the Old School series. Um, and I cannot wait to hear what projects you're working on. I have a really crazy week this week as far as editing. I will try to do another episode uh, later in this week because I've been doing bi-weekly episodes. Not bi-weekly because that's once every two weeks. I've been doing two episodes a week. I can't see like I edited 15,000 words today. My words are not um, happening. But uh, thank you for listening. I'd love to hear your opinion. If you look at the article, let me know what you think. And remember, it is never too late to write the story of your heart. This has been Kristen Spencer. Thanks for listening slash watching. Bye. This has been another episode of the Writing Expensive Words podcast with me, your host, Kristen Spencer. I'd love to hear your amazing writing thoughts and questions from your awesome writing brain. You can find me on Instagram at kristen.n.spencer or at literary symmetry. Or you can email me at kns at literarysymmetry.com. This podcast is funded by awesome listeners like you. If you'd like to support this podcast and keep it rolling, you can head over to www.patreon.com forward slash expensive words. You can keep all of my hosting and software needs going for the show by donating less than what it costs for one fancy cup of tea a month. And to be eligible to join writing coaching calls with me, check out the $12 a month sponsorship. You will get to ask me questions live about the story of your heart once a month and meet other cool writers. Thanks again for listening and happy writing.